This is the Toasted Sister Podcast. I'm Andy Murphy. trip up to Flagstaff, Arizona, and on my way back, I met with Eric Richards. He's the executive chef of the Twin Arrows Casino Resort. We're in Zenith Steakhouse, which is the fanciest restaurant at the casino where they serve prime Navajo beef. And before we got the interview started, Richards shares some secrets to grilling steaks. go through the process of how we cook our steaks here. Um, to make a good steak, you want to have a nice, really good sear on the steak. Um, that's the most important thing because it, it, it holds the juice, the holds the juices in, the blood in it, and that's all the flavors coming from that. Um, so what we do here is we have a triple tier grill. We sear it on top and then we usually put it in the oven. Our oven's about 500 degrees and um, so we, you want to flip it halfway through the process. So if you want to get a mid-rare, mid-rare is about 115, 120, depending on your, your steak. And, um, and these steaks, it's, it's, it's kind of like the, if, I don't know if you heard the resting process. Uh, there's a resting process on all the steaks. For a six ounce filet, you want to rest it for, of course, every beef about five minutes. But you want to pull that out before it gets to 120. You want to try to pull it out about 105 because in five minutes that steak will go up 15 degrees if it just sits there at room temperature and at that point within the five minutes that's when it's ready to go so that's what you want your whole timing all you want all your timing for the steaks because that's the most important item in the steakhouse yeah so so everything's predicated on the steak we move away from the kitchen and sit down at a table in the restaurant this is a few hours before the restaurant opens and some staff members are wrapping napkins a few tables away. Um, I'm originally from Navajo, New Mexico. That's a little small town north of Fortifiance, Arizona. Um, I, I, came from, I came to Flagstaff in 1996, about 22 years ago, to go to school at uh, Northern Arizona University. And when did you start cooking or when did you really um, you know, gain that interest in food? Um, it, I used to cook a lot with my dad. My dad was the cook in the family. Um, we cooked all kinds of dishes. I'm the youngest of my family, so I was kind of, I was, I had more time with him by myself. Um, I didn't get into cooking until um, I got into. Um, I, I usually uh, sold Native American jewelry for about eight years. My my wife, um, she her my in-laws, my wife's uh, mom, she owns a jewelry business, uh, and I was going to school for a finance degree. And uh, I was just getting the finance degree, got that degree, and then I was going to take over the, the, the jewelry business. But then some factors came into the, came in, the economic, you know, uh, turned down, and the, it kind of plummeted everything. The jewelry business went really down, so I had to find something new. Um, I then uh, got into cooking at uh, actually a private golf course because so, I wanted to network myself because I had a finance degree. So I wanted to network, network myself for my finance to try to get a job that way uh, but then I fell, I fell in love with food fell in love with cooking 
again. And uh, er I've been doing it ever since. What was it that you really fell in love with this time? Well, I mean, it was, it was something that I could, it was, because I'm an artist at heart. When I, when I was small, I did a lot of art, artistic stuff. Um, I love to do art with my food. Um, that was the main thing, to make something new, to, to um, mix flavors, this and that, and then to present it. And then to, to get that feeling of people enjoying your food, to have that look in their face, it just it, it makes everything, everything worthwhile. Um, where, where have you worked before, and um, how is uh, working in a casino different? Um, I, I worked on private golf clubs. I actually worked on a, a private golf club here in Flagstaff for about eight years. And then I followed him to a pu the public golf course uh, for a couple years after that. Uh, so I was cooking for about 10 years before I got here uh, to the casino. Um, I came here as a regular cook, a regular line cook. I started from the bottom um, and uh, when it first opened. And I just worked my way up and became a sous chef, became a head chef, and now I'm the executive chef. Uh, for for uh, people who don't know the differences between like a sous chef, a cook, a, a line cook, and executive chef, I mean, tell me about those different stages and maybe what the uh, responsibilities are in each. Okay. Um, the, well, see, at the very bottom, you have a pantry cook, which is basically the, your entry level. Uh, they do the prep, the, the prep items for the line cook. Um, they they don't do anything on the line. They don't cook at all. They just do the prep. Um, the line cook actually does the cooking on the line, uh, cook to order, uh, so to speak. And then they actually, then after that, they have a lead cook, which, which is, it's, it's a supervisor role. It's a, it's a person that's, there's only one on the line, and he kind of leads the line and um, controls the line. Uh, sous chef is a little bit more above the lead cook. He, uh, that person is a supervisor, a real supervisor, and controls the whole restaurant uh, when it's in business. Um, they, they take care of the prep list, they take care of the, the, um, the ordering, and, and then such. Uh, disciplinary action, if there's any need, uh, just controlling the whole aspect. Uh, the head chef is the next step up. He's the person that does the scheduling. He, uh, he oversees the sous chef, gives the sous chef's direction, so he can go down the line and what he wants for, the, for his restaurant. Uh, he, does, he does more of the budgeting uh, and, and all that, 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 all that paperwork. Um, the executive chef is the guy that controls a head chef, and he has multiple head chefs. Like here, we have four, five restaurants we have to control. So the executive chef has to have five head chefs for each department, and he controls the big, the big questions, uh, the budgeting of all restaurants. Um, I know the, the, head, the restaurant chef, he also does menus and stuff, but the executive chef has to approve all those, all those menus and the pricing, the food costs, and all that stuff. So the executive chef is kind of like the overall, the big picture kind of aspect of it. The, the restaurant overlord. Yes, yes. And then the sous chef, uh, one thing about the sous chef as well is that he needs to know everything on the line. Of course, the head chef knows because he's been through that. But the, rest, the sous chef has to be able to get somebody and break him and be able to do everything that's on the line. So that's, that's what a sous chef is. is he, he's, he's able to do every single position and then to take over if need be. Tell me about uh, Zenith Restaurant and um, how it's different from all the other, uh, the four other restaurants here. Okay. Um, the Zenith, I, I used to be the head chef in, uh, in here uh, for two years. Um, it was my first uh, 
head head uh, chef position that I ever had uh, before that. And um, it's it, what what makes it different is it's a fine dining restaurant. Um, you're here to get an experience. It's all about the food, all about the experience. Uh, other places in the, in the casino, it's like fast, has to be cooked fast. Uh, you don't have to really, you know, um, you, you still want to look good, but it's fast. It has to be fast out there. Here, it's really slow. You have to slow down. Um, your meals are going to take an hour, hour and a half because you're, you're literally doing a three-course meal, four-course meal, or even five-course meals in this restaurant. So you're, you're not only just doing one plate, one entree. You're doing an appetizer. You're doing, maybe doing a soup, and then you're going to do an entree and a dessert. So it's, it's more of a timing aspect in here. Uh, for uh, uh, it slows down in here, but when it, get, it, it gets hectic in here because there's a lot of people, but that's that it, it's an experience in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about the menu and where are some of those native ingredients in the menu? Uh, we, we actually are going to go to a new menu here in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's our ban- biannual new menu kind of switch over uh, sort of thing. Um, our, our native beef is our big product here, it's our staple of actually the whole casino. Um, we, um, us Navajos, I'm in Navajo, um, we uh, constructed a, a meat program uh, about f- five years ago um, with uh, the Labatt's Corporation. Um, and then it's, it's about 70 families right now, and it's about 30 ranches. And they all do Nav- all kinds of Navajo beef, all kinds of beef cuts and this and that. And we just recently went prime a year and a half ago. Uh, used to be top choice. Uh, there's different grades of beef. So... Choice is kind of like the middle. Uh, Select is the very bottom. We don't have any of that. (laughs) Choice is in the middle. And then Prime is what we we sell here in Zenith. That's all we sell here in Zenith. But in in Eros, we have uh, ground beef burgers, which are Choice, which is a really good burger. Actually, it's a mix of brisket and ground beef, which is really cool. It's a 20% brisket, uh, 80% beef, uh, ground beef. So it's a really, really distinct taste. It's really, really good. But... um, uh, this whole program, this Native American beef program, is a really good. It's a really good story and a success for the Navajo tribe. It's something that we we take pride in uh, here at the casino. We have this uh, long bone uh, ribeye in steak that you'll see, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, it's a 32 ounce ribeye. It's a huge. They call it a long bone. Some people call it a tomahawk. But it's it's a really big steak. And it's just, it's, it's, it's eye-popping. And that's one of our, it's our, it's our staple here in Zenith. Um, but that, that's, what, uh, that's what's on our menu here. Uh, every, every single beef product in Zenith is Navajo beef. Other things are like our succotash. I don't know if you heard of a succotash, a three-sister succotash. It's a very normal um, Native American dish with uh, squash, corn, and beans. It's kind of like the old agricultural you know, aspect of, of growing in Native American lands. And that's one of the other things. Um, another thing we, uh, we used to do, we, it was on our previous menu, was a juniper berry uh, rub. And that's a, it's a really nice rub for a, like a lamb chop or elk chop. We used to do elk chop in here. And uh, our best dessert is our staple dessert, which includes uh, piñons, piñon nuts. And that's huge in uh, Navajo culture. Uh, we, we, we go picking those uh, piñon nuts every year, and sometimes every year, sometimes every other year, depending on the crop rotation. But um, that's huge, and it's, a, it's basically a, you know, you've, have you ever had pecan pie? Uh, it's like pecan pie, but with pine nuts. And it's a really, really good pie. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you try one today. 
But let's let's go back a little bit. I want to uh, uh, I want to know the difference between prime and choice. I mean, what are the differences? The way that cow looks, or mm. like the cut of meat, where it was well, processed. It, it it's really a it's really a scientific thing. Uh, it's more of what you put in your cow in terms of grain, grass. Uh, what times? What? How do you? How do you uh, um, graze them? Uh, you can. We actually do. Uh, uh, we actually do Navajo uh, culture uh, ceremonies for our cows. Just you know, just for our tradition. Um, and it's it's a really scientific uh, process. Um, more, um, if we have a select, it's really chewy. Just think about it. It's really chewy. It's it's something you can use for like fajitas or something, you know, so you can something you marinate. Choice is something that's a little bit more marble, has marble in them. That's the marble is the fat that goes through the beef. Uh, the more marble you get, the, the, the more taste you're going to get out of it. Um, and then the prime is basically the top echelon. Uh, we have uh, right in the, probably at the bottom tier of prime. If you go to like New York, Chicago, L.A., these really high, high-priced steakhouses, they actually have uh, five, six tiers of just prime. So there's like a low-grade prime, there's a middle-grade prime, and there's a high, high-grade prime. And there's all different prices on those things. So it's just not just prime on those, those aspects. You have all kinds of different kinds of prime. Um, but um, prime is basically the best you can get, the most tender, the most, the most tastiest meat. Um, but it's, there is a lot of factors that go into it. I could probably, if I had time, I'd probably get like 20 factors that go into just grading. It's all about USDA. And they have a website that shows you what you need to know, what, how they do the testing of how to get the, the different grades. Since, since you've been in this position, have you changed the menu at all from previously? Um, I, uh, the Zenith, uh, we haven't changed it yet since I became uh, executive chef. But we did change Arrow's. Uh, sports bars menu. Uh, we changed four elements menu as well. Uh, we changed our banquet menu, and uh, we're we're right now getting a new product into the buffet. Uh, but they've been calling for new items in buffet, and I'm finally getting to a point to where I can actually play with some stuff. Because you know the first first few months in here, I'm just trying to fix what needed to be fixed in terms of the food cost and sanitation and that sort of thing. So, so native food, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've been hearing a lot of people talking about the native food movement. People are hungry for indigenous ingredients and indigenous flavors. And, and the, it seems like people are really hungry to see these kinds of foods in restaurants. And at least a couple of people that I've had on the show have, have said, you know, what, what, up, what about casinos? They have the resources. Uh, but what do you think about that? What, what, do, you, what do you say to that? We do incorporate some, some, uh, some of our native dishes, uh, in Navajo in particular. Um, Navajo is really, if you want to really go in depth of Navajo food culture, it's, it's fatty. It's really fatty. <laughs> you have your veggies, but you have your real fat meats. You have your, your lamb, your mutton. Uh, we have a lamb stew here we sell every day in buffet and in arrows and four elements. Um, we have a lamb sandwich that we, we feature in Eros as well. Um, but it's, it's more of, there's not a very big variety of our culture. It's more of what, what I want to work on is more infusing our native foods into something modern. Something out of another maybe Native American culture or something that's from uh, like a Hispanic or, or, um, or, uh, or European flair with our native uh, tasting 
So that's more of what I want to do, infusing our Native American tastes into, the, into a modern age. Uh, all, of my all the stuff I've learned is through all the chefs I've been uh, uh, with. Uh, I've learned everything from my first chef, uh, John Gates. He was a wonderful chef. I, lo I, lo I worked for him for nine years, and I learned a lot of stuff from him for doing banquets and, uh, and fine dining, a little bit of fine dining, line cooking, budgeting, forecasting, uh, inventory, all that stuff I learned from him. And I kind of just went through the stages of going to another, other chefs. And that's what, that's what really the industry is about, is learning other stuff from other chefs and in incorporating yours, your ideas with them as well. So it's all about sharing information. Um, I got my degree in finance, so, so I got a business degree. So I got the whole kind of uh, books, food costs, that, that sort of thing, and managing people. I, I do that very well. And so I got that on my back, but you know, I'm still learning. There's, there's always room to, room to learn in the, in the culinary industry. So that's what I'm doing right now. And uh, go forward from there. Yeah. Uh, Navajo Nation at uh, Navajo Technical University, they have a uh, culinary arts program and it's one of the only uh, tribal university culinary arts programs in the country. Um, what, what, what is your advice to uh, new chefs, young chefs, somebody who's going to start way at the bottom as a prep cook or what did you say, a pastry? Uh, it's a, it's a prep, uh, pa uh, pantry. Pantry cook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. What would your advice be to them? Um, Go to work every day, learn as much as you can, ask a lot of questions. Uh, for me, I don't, mind, uh, I don't mind questions. The more questions you ask, the better it is. Because um, if you don't ask questions, there's, it, there's a problem there. You don't, you're not wanting to learn. Uh, always ask questions, uh, always be on time. I know a lot of people in this industry like to miss days. It's, it's, it's a, the, the, restaurant in the, the restaurant industry in general, the turnover is is very high um, so it's it's more of you have to dedicate yourself you have to be there every day um, be take pride in your take pride in your career if you want to do culinary you have to be there every day you have to come every day um, learn as much as you can um, like I like like here you know I became a I was here just a little line cook and I came every single day I've never missed a day we actually do have something coming up here uh, it's 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 infancy right now. Um, we're gonna try to collaborate with um, the American Culinary Institute. It's an online program. Uh, we want to give, and it's something that we want to uh, propose to the gaming the gaming enterprise. Uh, something that we can give back to our cooks and have them be, learn more on the culinary uh, website. And you actually can get certified in certain areas. And so. The thing is, is trying to get that money so the enterprise can pay for it for the for our workers, so they don't have to pay it so much. And then once they get these online courses going, and then we can send them to Phoenix. And Phoenix, you actually do the hands-on stuff. It's like a weekend class. And once you get once you pass that, then you can get certified in all these areas and have certification on certain things. And so something to give back. And that's and goes and that goes through every single. Um, position like sous chef restaurant chef even me executive chef there's classes for executive chefs so um we we want to start that somewhere around you know the last quarter of this year so something we can start in beginning next year um 
we are looking for employees. Um, we, we, I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of turnover here, um, everywhere in this industry. Um, but it's, it's really tough trying to get people out here because it is, it is a drive. You know, it's, it's out of the town. We're trying to get people out here. We, we, we just want more people out here and, you know, try to give back to our people. Um, if you could, like, if, if you could, like, change, change one thing, maybe you had all the funding in the world to do that, but how would you change the kitchen in order to have, to, to uh, attract people for the longer term? Like you said, uh, there's a lot of turnover. What, what do you think needs to change in the kitchen atmosphere back there to, to keep people longer? Um, well, when they first made this casino, um, they had envisions of different things. Uh, like the buffet that I was actually used to be there was supposed to be a food court um, it was supposed to be three different uh, three different restaurants and uh, and then they had uh, they had the facilities um, built that way uh, for it uh, unfortunately it didn't work out that way and we had to we had to do her turn it into a buffet uh, right now it's really hard because the just the logistics of how the kitchen is constructed, it's really tough for us to get product down to buffet. It's, I don't want to go into the details, but there's certain things that I do want to change, but it takes a lot of money and a lot of time and a, a lot of you know, um, uh, data to put together to make it happen. Um, other than that, I would like to see, not only for the casino, but I, there is plans, uh, um, I've heard plans that they, uh, they want to build um, housing for our workers here so they, they have plans there but um, you know like I said it takes time and money for those kind of things um, that's what I would like to have happen uh, that will keep people from calling out for saying oh I don't have a ride or you know something happened and I can't get there you know if they have like a rental kind of apartment thing here I think we we could keep a lot of people employed here you know, that would really help out on the turnover. That would help out on people um, just coming to work and being ready for work and being on time. Yeah. So right here we have our Navajo Beef Prime uh, Filet. Um, I'm going to give you uh, one of those with uh, some uh, garlic mash. And um, I have some heirloom carrots as well, roast, uh, roasted with some thyme, salt, and pepper. I have a, uh, um, a herb-crusted salmon we're going to try today. Uh, with a citrus hollandaise and uh, we're going to uh, serve that with uh, our succotash, our three sister succotash. And then uh, lastly, last but not least, we'll try that pignon pie that I've been talking to you about. Good? Alrighty. I'll come back with my uh, camera. Okay. And then I'll go ahead and get that ready for you and then I'll plate it up on top and then we'll, I'll serve it. All right, so we got a couple of plates in front of me, and I've tried everything. Uh, the steak was really, really good. I think it's one of the best steaks I've ever had. And I can make some really good ribeye rib steak myself, but this one was uh, as soft as butter, uh, really nice, clean beef flavor, um, and just, you know, just, just really soft and tender. Even, you know, it doesn't even have any like a ring of fat around it and I'm used to things being a tender when it has like a ring of fat around it so these were pretty good 
And then we had some uh, lobster macaroni and cheese, really good, has some crunchy little bread bits on top. And then the salmon was really good, had a nice clean um, salmon flavor with um, this really good hollandaise sauce. I didn't think hollandaise and salmon were gonna work together, but it did. So, and now I am going to get into the pecan, no, pine nut pie, pecan pie, <coughs> pine nut pie, pinyon pie. It's a really nice presentation with like a, a candy, little candy thing. And it's like an individual size little pie full of pine nuts. Okay, here we go. It's just like you would imagine. All the sweetness and the little gooiness from you get from a pecan pie, but then the piney sort of roasted flavor from the pecans. It's really, really good. What is this on top? Ice cream? Oh, oh my God. And the whole thing is warm and the ice cream is melting all over. Oh, it's really, really good. And there's some whipped cream on the side. Oh, goodness. I think this is one of the best desserts I've had this year. Hold on. Let me think about it. Yeah, I can't remember anything else. Have you had the pecan? Oh, I can't remember if said pecan. Pinyon. <laughs> Pinyon pie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think somebody has to, like, make these and, and sell them. You can see photos from this visit at ToastedSisterPodcast.com. Thank you to the Twin Arrows Casino Resort for allowing me into Zenith Steakhouse to visit with Chef Richards. If you haven't heard already, Indigenous Comic Con will be taking place in Albuquerque again this year from November 2nd to the 4th. This year, Toasted Sister is collaborating with Chef Brian Yazzie to bring Native food to this awesome event. Go to indigenouscomiccon.com for more information and keep tabs on Toasted Sister and Yazzie the Chef on social media for updates. Toasted Sister is produced and recorded by me, Andy Murphy. And did I tell you I'm doodling with video? I do. Check out two cool cooking videos at toastedsisterpodcast.com. And while you're there, show your support. Music was created for Toasted Sister by C.W. Ion. Check out his music at cwayon.com. That's c-w-a-y-o-n.com. <laughs>